This is episode 144 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 144 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have Aditya Soma on the show to talk about Windsor Investing. Aditya is both a top-performing real estate agent and a well-established real estate investor in that market. He talks about family rentals, about how to get cash flow on family rentals, and how to convert single families into triplexes, something that he's been doing in Windsor. Um, his strategy is uh, one that he's done fairly aggressively, and he talks a lot about his business practices as well as what he's doing to grow and grow sustainably in the future. So it was a really interesting conversation. Uh, we definitely talked a lot about bylaws and some of the more technical details as well as building a team and just good business practices in general. So before we jump into that, I want to just remind you that if you're new to real estate investing and some of the language isn't that familiar to you, I highly suggest that you head right back to episode one and work your way all the way through. There's been so many great guests on this show and they've all added so much value. Uh, it's highly relevant today. So I would recommend go right back to the beginning and work your way through. Uh, trust me, you won't regret it. And just before we jump in, if you could kindly take a moment to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like, subscribe, and notification bell, and leave us a comment. Let, let us know what you think. It'd be greatly appreciated, and it'll help more people to find this show. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into episode 144 with Aditya Soma. Hello, and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Aditya Soma on the show and uh, coming at us from Windsor, Ontario, I believe. Is that right? Yep, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, do you know Marco? Yes, he's okay. my good friend. Okay, yeah, Marco's been on the, on the podcast as well. But uh, Aditya, thank you for doing this. No, thank you for having me. Uh, Marco told me a lot about you, so I was excited to be here. Awesome. Okay, well, uh, would you mind just telling me a little bit about yourself and what you're doing in real estate? Yeah, for sure. So um, again, myself, Aditya Soma. Um, I'm a real estate investor uh, at first. So I started as an investor uh, in 2017 and got a couple of rentals and then kind of felt like, you know, real estate, that's where I belong to. That's when I quit my job in 2019, became a realtor as well. So investor focused realtor. And now I have a team of agents and myself. So we helped over like 250 or 60 plus uh, clients in last like, two years, eight months as an agent and personally as an investor, I own 36 doors plus. And now we started a flipping company, uh, which is, we have three projects on the go right now. So okay. yeah, that's in a nutshell. And are you well established in the Windsor area? Is that where you started your investing journey? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I started um, all my investments are in Windsor. Okay. And what type of properties? So uh, most of them are like single families, duplexes, and the recent purchase uh, uh, is a 17 unit building. So now I'm slowly trying to move into multifamily. Getting into the bigger stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar with, uh, with my podcast at all? Or is this uh no, no, I, experience? I, 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 I know you for the last two years, you know, I know <laughs> your whole story. I, I think I DM you a while ago. Okay. Just, uh, chatting after you know, yeah. Marco mentioned about you. So I yeah. follow you quite often. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just curious. Um, you know, if you're familiar with my podcast, um, 
I'd love any unique takes that you have, you know, like kind of what you're doing and how you're doing things differently. If you have any, you know, I know a lot of us use the same strategies and there's no, mm-hmm. no, nothing wrong with that. I'm just curious if, if there's anything that kind of stands yeah, out. About so, your strategy. Um, definitely one strategy that I'm focusing right now is um, uh, taking a single family, adding two ADUs uh, because, you know, one is kind of became quite popular, yeah. um, especially in Toronto area, you know, all those uh, bigger cities that yeah. you guys um, but now in Windsor, like um, me and my partner, what we are doing is like we are doing that first ADU in the basement, but okay. because the city does allow for another ADU has a detached unit. Oh, nice. So yeah, we, mm, that's the strategy that we are focusing right now. Um, okay. And how are those working? Like, have you finished one yet or are you in the process? Of no, not that? yet. I have two of yeah. them that are still in the process. Like um, one, we just applied for the permit and two, we are already in the per- like. Uh, renovation okay. phase. So, but I'm sure you have a pretty good idea of what uh, what that's going to yield you and what it's going to be worth. Yeah, definitely. So uh, again, appraisal value still as a question mark. So I went with like yeah. very very conservative appraisal value because when something new comes in, the appraisers are not happy. They 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 won't give a yeah. attractive. They're, they're, yeah, they always play it super conservative when they don't know yeah. until they have direct comparables, unless you find one that has some other basis for comparison that they, they feel yeah. comfortable with. Right. But it's all about their, their comfort. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, that's a kind of a tough one to find like very specific comparables because there's, yeah. I, I, as far as I know, no one have done it in Windsor. Right. Well, we can speculate, right? I mean, even going yeah. off cap rate, which I know people don't really do for those smaller units, but I still think yeah. it's a valuable, uh, valuable so, to look at from an investor standpoint. Yeah, definitely. That's mm-hmm. you know, cash flow point. If, if they look at from a cap rate point, I'll get solid. Uh, uh, I should yeah. get like solid uh, appraisal value because the cash flow is pretty high. Okay. Um, it's like two thousand plus. Um, and uh, but I was looking at based on the square footage because you know it's yeah. in a nice neighborhood where they often take like square footage into account over the okay. ground, you know, under the ground and all those things. So I was looking at like mm, a single family, uh, 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 50, 60 years old bungalows. Those are my typical style. Um, Would they be those, like 1200 square feet kind of thing? Yeah. Tw- yeah. 12 to 1400 upstairs and uh, probably thousand dollars, thousand square feet in the basement um, okay. and another 800 square feet, the detached unit. So you add, and is that because you're limited to 40% of gross floor area? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like kind of a standard uh, size that we are looking at, like two, I want, I don't want to go for one bedroom too small. Yeah. Um, if I go for three bedroom, it, it need bigger space. So that middle ground, which is like 800, 750 to 800, where I can get decent two bedroom, maybe two bath or one bath mm-hmm. and that's what my architect working on right now so yeah that's tough man i've been through that that experiment trying to get two bedrooms in 800 square feet i know they do it in the toronto condos but i'm just i, I find that challenging i have seen 650 uh condo with two bedroom two bath 650 square feet <laughs> that's insane <laughs> <laughs> oh man I guess uh, my expectations are just too high for uh, for amount of space. I, you know, I like a good 150 square foot bedroom. I think that, you know, that's like a spacious bedroom or 100, 120, 150. Yeah. Yeah. Master bedroom has to be at least 150 in my opinion. 
Yeah. Otherwise it just doesn't feel right. I mean, even yeah. 150 is not that big. I'd like a 200 square foot master. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, whole different uh, discussion. Yeah. There. No, no, I know. Yeah, it's different, different type of place. Okay. So you're buying sort of your 50, 60 year old bungalow, probably brick, maybe a little bit of aluminum yep. siding. Uh, yep. Sometimes one of those uh, kind of flatter sloped roofs uh, yep. on them. Yeah, I got a very good picture for that. Um, okay, so what did uh, this most recent one, what did you pay for it? So uh, I got this one for 375 um, because, you know, it's it's uh, uh, literally sight unseen. Mm-hmm. No no one knows what's inside. Even the seller list, seller agent did not go in because there was a person living in. So that's a, that's a big problem. Uh, but in that neighborhood, the lowest price that ever sold in last eight months was like four seventy five. So we negotiated down to three seventy five. So okay. um, we got a good size discount because we are taking that huge risk of not knowing what's in there, how is the basement height, and all those things. Um, so now uh, we got and we gutted out the whole thing. Uh, now pretty much it's a clean slate. Uh, we are um, kind of predicting around 300,000 going into the property, having main floor complete three-bedroom unit, basement two-bedroom unit, and detached two-bedroom unit. So you're going to put 300 in uh, on those three things? Yeah, altogether, 320. That must include servicing. Is it a detached backyard unit? Yeah, detached backyard unit. Okay, so you're having to do a furnace in that, or are you doing like... Yeah, yeah. mostly we are uh, looking at heat pumps because, you know, now we do the... Yeah, yeah. if we do the... uh, HVAC again, that's a lot more cost. Than you got to do a gas. You less. don't want to trench gas lines out there. Yeah. That's again, you know, cost, right. Everything um, mm-hmm. comes down to. Mm. Yeah. Well, heat pumps can see. be quite effective, right? Like you can get them where they're good up to like minus 30 some odd degrees. Yeah. Yes. Um, as long as you pay that for the upgraded one, that's uh, that's a little bit better. Um, okay. Yeah. So 300 is not cheap, but you're building a new construction rear yard unit, 800 square feet plus you're doing the you know whatever gutting you need to do on the inside and finish the basement unit so that makes sense um okay and then will that 300 carry like cover your carrying costs as well so yeah all together like 300 yeah. 320,000 so we are okay. like we round figured like we will be all into the project 700,000 okay so 700 so just like 25,000 and just miscellaneous and then that puts you yeah. 700 all in um yeah. and what value are you thinking you're going to get so like very very Conservatively, I know in that area, like just a single family's nice, beautiful, finished basement, not a legal units, uh, or selling around 600, 620, 630 range. So very conservatively, I should get 700. Um, but if the appraisal is, appraiser is smart enough to take that square footage of the uh, second ADU, you know, because that's a brand new unit. Yeah. Um, if they take that into account, uh, I should get 850, 900. Well, I would think so. I, I think one of the challenges you might have is our bank policies updated enough to include um, an additional unit because it used to be house and five acres. Most banks yeah. would say house and five acres, <laughs> house and 10 acres. That's it. They don't care if you got a barn. They don't care if you got three other houses on the lot. Those don't yeah. count. Is Do you have a lender, an A lender that has a policy that's going to acknowledge that rear yard unit? Um not at the moment because it's it's still very new, it's new but yeah, yeah but um uh, i have an agent in my team uh, he he's expertised in um, building tiny homes um mm-hmm. in the backyard so that's like single family with a 
just another oh, unit yeah. in the backyard, like, you know, uh, laneway homes. So yeah. he got, um, he, he's using a credit union that is lending, con- considering yeah. that value into account. Yeah, that makes sense. I would, I feel like I'm always leaning towards uh, local credit unions these days. They just, yeah, they're more adaptable, it seems. Yeah, definitely. Especially, you know, they, they take everything into account. They're not like, mm-hmm. oh, this is our policy says we just stick yeah. to this. They're a little bit flexible. Absolutely. Yeah. Like common sense practices, whereas larger corporations, they, they have more of a centralized policy they got to follow. Yeah. Um, okay. So will the, the units in the main house have like their own backyard each or will the basement guy kind of be without a backyard yeah. and then you <laughs> got the, the main floor uh, guy gets a backyard. I was actually discussing just that thing yesterday with my partner. So we were planning to put three different backyards, like just fencing them. Okay. Uh, but we got to see, you know, it's still, we, are, we haven't came to that phase, but we are at least hoping to have three different backyards yeah. because we have a pretty good size backyard yep. there. So definitely like it's, it's like a corner lot. Yeah. Uh, we want to give the corner where the uh, detached unit is that gets the corner. And there is like the whole backside of it. We want to divide into two pieces and, you know, both like a horizontal way they, this person access from one side, another person access from the other side. So we're going to see. Nice. Yeah. I think it goes a long way. I think a lot of people really care about having a backyard so you can attract a better tenant, which at the end of the day is like everything you don't want to have bad tenants. Exactly. Uh, Especially like the location that we chose that property is in, like it's in a pretty good location. So where definitely people want to have their own backyard. So what do you figure you're going to get for rent on the main unit? So main unit, we are like very conservatively 1800, uh, 1750, Basement fourteen hundred, like very very conservatively. But I have seen a lot of units. You um, and my own clients um, have done just single family and ADU. A um, bunch of them, they are getting like eighteen hundred upstairs and mm-hmm. sixteen hundred downstairs in that okay. location. Um, and then the detached, probably another sixteen hundred, fourteen, fifteen hundred. Okay, we'll call it fifteen hundred for now. Yeah. So like I did my math at uh, sixteen, eighteen, fourteen. So at that numbers. If I appraise, uh, refinance at seven hundred thousand for my mortgage of uh, five hundred and twenty thousand, I'll yeah. be making a cash flow around two thousand two hundred. Okay, yeah, I'll just run through this. So sixteen, eighteen, fourteen is what you did your numbers at. I think yeah. that. I mean, that sounds reasonable. I know. I guess it's the same type of crisis in in Windsor where there's not enough units. No, there's yeah. people trying to rent everywhere. Yeah. Yep. And especially uh, like now, this unit's going to be brand new, right? Like mm-hmm. everything is brand new, and it's in a it's good neighborhood. Like modern yeah. looking. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What um, What do you figure you'll be in for for taxes there? Um, uh, in this neighborhood, like again, I don't know if they're going to increase the tax after adding that ADU. Probably. Um, <laughs> yeah. So because the another eight hundred yeah. increased, but uh, as of now, it's three thousand seven hundred ish. So we'll call it 4,500 just in case. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a good chance that they, it, it depends. Like I've had units where they almost doubled my taxes mm-hmm. after a renovation, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I don't think that's what you're in for because like you said, it's new and they don't yeah, know how to value new. it. They don't know how to value yeah. it yet. So it's not like that they're going to give you a big jump right away. Yeah. Um, okay. So insurance on something like that, you're probably going to be into 150 like, ish. Like I was thinking like $3,000 a year. I guess that's a little bit, a little bit more than 150. Maybe uh, I don't think three thousand in Windsor, especially after that is all done. Uh, probably two thousand five hundred. 
Okay, Maybe, so we'll yeah. say two thousand five hundred. Three thousand is a conservative number, right? It always goes for expensive. Yeah. Okay, twenty five hundred is is reasonable. Yeah. We're in that realm of reason. Um, yeah. So for maintenance, I'll just put eight percent because you've done yeah. a lot of renos. Um, so now you, everything is new, like yeah. top to bottom. Yeah, you. that's that's why yeah, you don't need quite as much of a maintenance number there. Yeah. Um, utilities wise, are you paying anything in the? No. Or are so you going uh, to be? Uh, yeah. we 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 gonna put everything on tenant name. Um, okay. What about water? So you're gonna have three water, separate yeah. water connections? No, no, just one. So we did on, on the other property. We did as two separate lines. Um, mm-hmm which we haven't started the detached one but if, yeah. um, most likely we're going to put like if we are doing all inclusive water we're going to say like you know the back unit will have x amount of percentage yeah. most likely the back unit we might have a separate water meter maybe we might have to keep the may uh, the the existing house one yeah. unit, one water line yeah if you can separate it do it because yeah. it's just such a headache not to um billing back uh, i do separate submeters at one of my pra- places and it's just an absolute nightmare um, yeah. some municipalities you can get extra water meters for like 50 bucks or 100 bucks like you just pay for the water meter and we're in, in london you gotta pay like a frontage fee you gotta pay for their contractors wow. to dig into the road they gotta come straight off the water main like it's like fifteen thousand dollars twenty thousand dollars to add a line so yeah. Yeah, if you can do it for not that kind of crazy money, it'll make your life a lot easier. Because the tenants, for some reason, I'm the bad guy because I come to collect on the water. <laughs> I, I I don't get it. We're good otherwise, but you know, it's just like because I'm billing them back, they get angry at me. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's better. You know, I prefer to have all uh, yeah. all plus utilities. Right. So, but again, you know, right now it's a clean slate. So right. We, okay. We, most likely, we'll end up uh, having separate. Okay. So, so you're going to try and bill it back. Um, yeah. Yeah, the assumption is that they're going to pay. I'll leave a couple hundred bucks in there just in case you end up paying yeah, for some for, of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but um, that's, that's cool. Okay. So management, are you going to pay management? Yeah. So again, um, because I am a re- uh, investor focused yeah. realtor here. So we have a pretty special discounts uh, for my, from my manager because we okay. give a lot of business. So um, that's like under 5% for me. Okay, so you get a really sweet deal, and that includes leasing when he has to do releasing. I mean, uh, I do leasing. So you do the leasing, and then the landlord. Okay, that's that's all right. Um, Okay, and then landscaping. Are you going to be doing that, or are the tenants going to be doing? Yeah, uh, no, but generally, even if if we leave it for the tenants, we have still the liability, right? So rather. I have my snow snow cleaning company come in, do the snow cleaning and the grass cutting. So So uh, what do you budget for that? Probably around $100 a month on a high side. Okay. So that's on average, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then we'll be, we'll throw in a miscellaneous there at 500 bucks. Um, Okay. So you said it's worth 700 when you're done, which would be a 5.72 cap, figuring 2% vacancy. Um, Obviously we could play with that number. Um, okay. So then let's look at this other part. Are you going to be 80% loan to value? I would yeah. assume you're yeah, most planning mm-hmm. to get that unless the credit union cuts you back, but let's assume that you yeah. can get a lending. I'm, I'm pretty confident I can get that a lending. Okay. So what do you think you're going to be at for interest rate now? Like Probably, you know, two and a half person. Yeah. Two, uh, two is pretty doable right now. Like two, two still. Is, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like variable, I can get like even 1.5, yeah. but go for two, two, yeah. two. Okay, so I threw in 2.2% here. Um, you're going to have a mortgage payment of about 2100 at that, and you'll have a $1,200 cash flow if all those numbers hold true. Yeah. Um, you might get higher appraisal. 
there's a lot of things that that might be, but yeah. if it stays like this, then you're you're kind of looking at being in with, I guess, 140, you know, 145 thousand dollars. So, uh, still really solid returns. You're getting you know 32 percent, assuming a three percent annual appreciation, which Windsor's been doing like 25, 35 percent. So, three percent is pretty darn conservative. Um, yeah, so you know, really solid investment. Do you yeah. um, do you see that uh, like the perfect burr is something that you're you're able to do uh, where you are? Yeah, I mean, for yes, I, I have done like a lot of burrs uh, yeah. on the side. Like, so even I'm right now doing my 17 unit building. It's going to be a perfect burr. Mm-hmm. Um, but for ADUs, especially for properties like this, because mm-hmm. it's a new thing, uh, probably yeah. burr might not be the case because I'm still leaving money on yeah. the table around like hundred and. 40,000, yeah. something 140 or 160. Um, because that's again taking the conservative numbers into account, right? Like I'm just right. putting 700 as an appraisal value. But if appraisal value comes in around like 900, uh, all my money is out. Um, right. So, yeah. yeah. There, there are burst strategies out there, a lot of properties, especially because on top of your force appreciation, the property values are also going up. Mm-hmm. So most of the properties I was able to pull the money out so far. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, the numbers, like this makes a lot of sense. Like I've done a move very similar to this where I did the secondary unit in the backyard on one of mine and no one was really doing that as far as on market sales. So there's not really good comps for the appraiser. Um, So at the time I wasn't like really getting great numbers. I think initially like the value was somewhere around 600 and then, and then I got, more recent appraisal at 850 and that was you know a year and a half later huge difference (laughs) you know just as more people do it as it becomes more common and also as the rest of the market comes up naturally even if appraisers are uncertain they still they still know that it needs to have a decent value on it so yeah that's that's exactly what i thought you know hey here's the thing at this point i'll be having good cash flow even if i'm leaving money on the table i have like brand new property technically in a good location that is cash flowing which is like, like there should always be a demand for it <laughs> as yeah, long as exactly. people still need a place to live you know yeah. that's that's the thing that i i like about more you know kind of family oriented rentals is especially yeah. if they're in that sort of price point where uh families can afford that that living it's a good option for them you know yeah that that, that works out really well all right so what else are you uh you up to you're doing you're doing these uh two additional units well actually mm-hmm. just even before we move mm-hmm. off of that um, what's it like from a municipality standpoint? Like, what are they requiring of you to be able to do this? And what are the restrictions? Like, what are you seeing as, as a challenge and what, how does it work? Yeah, definitely. Like biggest challenge is the timeline, right? Like the city is taking quite a long to, you know, approve the permits because uh, now you got to account for holding costs. So make sure, you know, taking that timeline into account. And of course they're like very strict about like the height, um, sunlight the measurement that they have like you know certain x percentage sunlight has to come into the basement um they are you know flexible they are and they're encouraging for people to do adus um but at the same time they don't want people to Mm -hmm. you know do not they need to meet certain requirements so they're very specific about the square footage so the the one that i'm almost done right now with the second adu in the basement um, we ha- we have submitted the drawings for like just little over thousand square feet, which was like a thousand sixty. I I tried to squeeze in second washroom, two bedroom, two bath in the basement, but they were like, nope, so you're exceeding sixty say square feet. Now you, I gotta cut down that sixty square feet out. 
So I had to take that washroom out, but, but they are flexible to give. It's just, we need to make sure it, it, we need to have the right context, especially the BCIN designers who have done this before is a key role because they know exactly what are the requirements are. Yeah. You want to work with people who know what they're doing. (laughs) Otherwise it's just going to be like, you're inventing the wheel. You're, you're having to call the city. Um, But in terms of doing this, are you, are you able to, um, to do this without any development charges? Like what are the fees to associate it with going from one to three units? Well, yeah, and, and no development charges because that that's the biggest cool thing of having an ADU, right? So now it's the fees that is associated to do an ADU. That's the fees we got to pay, which is like, I believe $2,000 or something. Like just the permit fees pretty much? Yeah, just the permit fees. Like yeah. for ADU permit, like to do yeah. the additional drilling unit, that permit fees, but no additional yeah. development charge because you're not doing on a brand new unit, like on a brand new land lot yeah. where you're doing a brand new home. Um, it's different. That's exactly why I like the ADU part because, you know, now you're, you're, you don't have extra separate property tax. You don't have extra separate, like, you know, it's still part of one lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have all this together, like a triplex, only yeah. difference is side by side. Yeah, they, they're obviously incentivizing it. That's one of the incentives that you don't have to pay development charges for accessory yeah. dwelling units. And I, I think that's true on most municipalities. I think that was a provincial mandate that that it would be that way. So uh, certainly helpful. Uh, it used to be you would have to pay full development charges. You might have to pay an extra $50,000 per unit, which um, obviously that's not very lucrative when you're you know paying so much for construction to begin with. So uh, works out really nicely. Yeah. Um, so as far as restrictions, did they say that you were limited to that 800 square feet you're doing in the backyard or did you decide that? No, there are certain requirements. Like, so the lot size based on the lot size, based on your house square footage. So Mm -hmm. again, I'm not too much into that, uh, mathematical thing. So my designer said, so they have ratios. Yeah. yeah, So pretty much, uh, our designers came back and said, okay, you know what? To have less hustle from the city, our best bet is to go for 800. So I yeah. said, okay, sure, we'll go for 800. Um, Very cool. Because she, she does all the calculations, right? She has that uh, uh, ratio. I believe it's like um, 40% has to be your house. Um, there are certain mm-hmm. requirements. So uh, yeah. I, I don't know much deep into that uh, exact calculations. Yeah. Well, in London, it was, so your secondary unit could be 40%, um, the size of your primary unit as of like July 31st, 2017, whatever that was then, Mm -hmm. like you're allowed 40% of that. So if you've already got 2000 square feet between your main and your basement, you can go 800 square feet on your second unit. That's actually true for the second unit in the basement. Like you can have 40% of the, the, um, okay. But uh, for the second ADU, yeah. yeah, For second ADU, they're taking the lot size into account and Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Probably I'm assuming yeah. 40%, but uh, not hundred percent sure. That's where okay. I have a good designer. So, Oh no, of course. Yeah. It, it, I, I just like to loosely know. Cause then when I'm doing my investigation, I'm like, okay, that won't work. That won't work. And then, then, you know, which ones to kind of direct to your yeah. designer, but that, you know, obviously as you do this, you start to see which ones work, which ones don't. And then you, yeah, just, exactly. you can just fire them over to your designer to confirm. Um, so that, that definitely uh, makes sense. What I've noticed in, in London is they've actually just made it so difficult, like that almost no one could ever do an accessory dwelling in the backyard. Oh, wow. Like they've just made the, the requirement. I forget what it was, but it was something that like almost no house would ever qualify for. Qualify. So, yeah. Oh, so wow. 
that that will yeah. change, but that tends to be the way I've, I've seen that in a lot of industries. Rather than say no, they just make the qualifications so difficult that almost yeah. no one can. Banks will do that too. Like they won't cut yeah. out programs always. They'll just make it so hard to qualify that no one ever does it. Yeah, when you know maybe that's uh, it gets to that point when there is more than enough accommodation. You know, more yeah. than enough uh, place for people yeah. to live. Yeah, I think I think with London, it's just a lot of the nimbiers, like not in my backyard. They don't. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> so it's always been sort of like that. They've been a slow to develop type of town. That's my understanding of it, anyhow. Um, but anyways, okay. So Windsor's your focus. How long have you lived there? It's been. Uh, I moved here 2014, I believe. Okay. And were you in Canada before that, or was that? No, uh, I'm actually coming from India. Uh, yeah, born and raised in India. Uh, moved, came here as a student um, in 2012. Okay. So I finished my studies and then, you know, uh, unexpectedly I got a job in Windsor at that time. Like I didn't even know where Windsor located because I was in Toronto. So I moved all the way to Windsor because that's the job I could find in six months. So I cannot let that go. So I moved in. Right. Um, yeah. And what line of work were you in? I was IT guy. I was a software developer. Okay. And you just finally quit that job. You said in 2019? Yeah. In t- like as soon as I got my real estate license, I quit my job. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that's another story that I can definitely talk for a long time, but I'll try to keep, put it in a short story. So I was like, um, I had a, some financial responsibility for family side. So I was into debt, heavy debt, like to uh, 180,000. So I, in 2019, in almost uh, 2018. And, um, so I said, okay, I'll sell my first property, which was giving me around like 80,000 profit. So I sold my first property and I was just got my license and I was still 100,000 debt. I'm like, so if if I continue working this job, it will take me because I was saving hardly like $2,000 a month after all the expenses because of my IT job salary was like 80,000. So if I continue for $2,000 a month savings, I got to like literally wait for 50 months to finish the debt and continue investing. So that means my investing going to pause. So I would have to figure out my income first. So that's when I jump in uh, as a salesperson. So I quit my job, got in as a salesperson in 2019. Nice. And how quickly, how quickly did you have success with that? I guess since you're, since you're in the business and you're already investors, right? Surprisingly, my first year alone, I was able to clear off all my debt. I made like 300,000 in my first year, sold uh, 55 properties. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, that was a surprise for me. Th- what do, what do you attribute my, that to? Um, you know, the biggest key is uh, I, you, uh, I'm heavy on YouTube. Um, I, I share all my journey on YouTube a lot. Um, so my channel, thanks to all my audience, like now I have like 16,000 subscribers there. So a lot of people who are looking to move in or whatever. So my content comes up on YouTube. So they reached out to me, you know, now pretty much those are the one because of that like i have a bunch of clients and i was able to convert them easily because i had knowledge and uh, i was already yeah. investing in the business so well people want to work with those who know right they want to work yeah. with somebody you know and somebody they feel like they can get along with of course they want to know that you know what you're doing so if you're yeah. a successful investor it's not not hard to see why they'd want to work with you um, yep. so is it mostly investors that you're working with or you're working yeah, with some mostly yeah, I mean, I do work with, uh, uh, you know, sellers um, and, and first-time home buyers who are looking to buy a primary home. Um, but he- heavily, you know, when you said what's our niche, uh, because I'm an investor and I'm still yeah. investing heavily, 
So obviously, investor focused uh, real estate team here. Yeah, got to got to be in a niche. I know this is a little tangent for for real estate investing talk, but so many people I think go into real estate as realtors, and they just think, ah, we'll do whatever. You know, that's yeah. that's the general idea when they get in to start. Ah, just do whatever business I can get, and they're so. Um, broad spectrum focus that they can't uh, yeah. they can't really make any any one thing I, work. Thank God, I think you know for me that was the biggest reason. <clears throat> I, um, because I was already talking investors language, I was already talking yeah. about bird strategies and you know house yeah. hacking and all those things. So automatically, like you know, um, yeah. investing became my niche, and it was easy for me. Like I never even looked for a client. I, there was never a day where I was like praying for a client to come to me. Like all, yeah. there was always like more just, than enough leads. You're just talking real estate all the time. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's where Marco came in. He was my first mentee. He was my part of my team. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah How long yeah. has he been with you on um, your, your team? So he's, he started in 2020. Um, so he, he was with me almost close to a year. And uh, okay. once he, you know, he was comfortable and he was uh, pretty much uh, ready to fly. So that's when uh, he went on his own. Yeah. Yeah, Marco. Marco uh, came to me and he wanted to uh, learn how to do development, learn yeah. how to do construction, and the, the guy is just absolutely crushing it, severing land, yeah. uh, just crushing deals and making massive hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, he's um, already like working on a huge construction yeah. project right now in the university. Yeah. So his niche is like again within the investing, he's more into student rentals. <laughs> Yeah, he really loves the student rentals. So for anyone who who wants to check out that episode, I believe it's like late '90s in my episode numbers. Uh, you can see Marco Agbaba. Um, yeah, yeah, really, uh, really going to be a successful guy. Already is, but uh, yeah, still, yeah, still especially going. on a student rental like that's that's he has a yeah. solid knowledge there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, so he's probably selling a lot of that on your team. I think is that correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah does a lot of those type of properties. Yeah. Student rentals are great, man. I, I like them. I, uh, I, I think the, the delicate balance with student rentals is I like them when they can also be a family rental. If for some in- instance that school enrollment goes down or something along those lines, not that that's that likely, but it could happen. Right. Yeah. Uh, again, that's one thing I yeah. never, ha- I, I have tried doing student rental, but I felt like it's not for me. I have, okay. I don't, I don't have patience to manage each individual student. Yeah. Um, I have, Two properties in university area but mostly like mm-hmm. what i have done is like it's a duplex so i have like two separate units and yeah. i did it as a furnished rental so i'm still getting like you know good cash flow almost like marco but uh only difference is now i don't have to worry about each room i just worry about units yeah well it's one of those things where i think you just gotta you really gotta know your strategy with it and have your systems yeah. down like the system's gotta be down like you do yeah. not want to go into that business blind because especially student rental i agree with you a thousand percent yeah it's like if going into the lion's a- den if you're yeah. uh, if you're not ready for it yeah family rental you can get away with a lot more yeah but uh, because you property manager can easily manage this family yeah. rentals competitive to student rental it's it's different i i have one tenant i don't think i've heard from in a year like i actually don't <laughs> like they're on automatic payment they change yep. their own furnace filters like payment i, I don't talk to them <laughs> yeah i don't I'm need a manager much. for that. <laughs> that that's exactly good thing with the family rental right where a student rental you gotta hear back from them by end of year or by end of second year. yeah yeah are you and resigning then, yeah. yeah the only negative yeah. with that is yeah like when the students turn over you can raise the rents quite easily whereas family rentals they might they might want to stay yeah. forever if you don't stay on top of the raises then yeah 
again it's always every yeah. strategy have its own positives yeah. and negatives right like mm-hmm. for student rental in my opinion it has its own solid pros if, yeah. if you can build a proper systems around like i have a client whom yeah. i helped like four properties in that area mm-hmm. now just with four properties she is making like over 6000 cash flow and here i am like i have 36 doors and my cash flow total is like 5200 or something so wow. huge difference right but again it's her thing that works better for her but for yeah. me you know my my active income side is like you know my sales business so it's just that you got to know what's your strength is who, who you know yeah absolutely no i i can definitely appreciate that you, you got to invest in what makes sense to you and, yeah exactly don't don't try and force something that doesn't because otherwise you won't get into it you won't be enthusiastic about it and you won't do a good job with yeah. it Yeah. So, so your, your niche, obviously the family rentals, you're doing multis, like is your average unit, are you like averaging a fourplex? Is that kind of like your sweet spot or are you? No, I mean, I, most of them were single families and duplexes. Okay. Now I jumped into 17 unit building and I'm oh, yeah, all, 17. Uh, yeah. So I'm okay. almost refinancing it where I'm expecting to pull all the money out, uh, maybe mm-hmm. an extra hundred thousand. So, you know, that's going to be a heavy cash again in hand ready because um, we invested like almost 300,000 into it so we have like 700,000 coming out so i don't want to buy another single family or duplex i would rather go into like a big multifamily yeah obviously that's where you can really start leveraging your time but my understanding is those are getting harder and harder to find yeah i heard uh, you're getting into us market multifamily is that true um i don't have any multis yet i just uh, bought a bunch of lots a lot okay yeah, do be, yeah yeah do some building down there and yeah i'm i'm open to other opportunities but that's kind of where where i've started as part of a strategy to get an investor visa to God. to basically be able to at least make my tax home in the us so can you even invest in uh, like uh, if you invest in real estate can you still get visa yeah they don't love that so that's the the tricky part so it was it has to be an active strategy and they don't consider owning property active like a property so management company is active mm-hmm. um airbnb business could be active but um not necessarily just owning a few properties or what have you so um, oh, okay god so like yeah. you got to have invest in specific company right and they don't like debt either so they want like if you're buying if real estate's your business they want mm-hmm. you like no no debt so you could be buying a million dollars of real estate they still want you putting in a million dollars right whereas oh, wow. you could buy an ice cream you know stand and uh, for for 75 grand and get approved and buy that all cash right so there's mm-hmm. um it's weird it's a really weird process so yeah kind of in navigating that i know we're getting a little <laughs> tangent here um yeah, so navigating the requirements of that and and then figuring out um how to make that profitable and advantageous for me too i certainly don't yeah. love building in cash so basically my strategy is i'll build roughly one at a time in cash and then may also build um using debt as well on ad- additional units and that'll mm-hmm. kind of keep the speed up but yeah building all cash on it, that's not very efficient yeah makes sense yeah so what uh, what what about you like what do you what do you see in windsor for going forward like i mean for me i think any investor that wants to keep going they want to be able to use other people's money yeah. <laughs> and they want to be able to do perfect burrs and just keep recycling <laughs> it and growing and growing and growing um is that strategy possible in your eyes in Windsor yeah. and do you have like what would you tell somebody new coming to you that said hey this is what i want to do um what would you tell them 
So I get, you know, definitely it's getting harder and harder to find the deals, right? But um, good thing is in Windsor, still there are uh, good uh, cash flowing properties. Um, you know, there's still like you can find a duplex under 450. Still, you can find a triplex under 500, 550, which is like, you know, if you can cash for key, get the tenants out, you know, invest like 15, 20,000 on the tenants, get them out now increase the rent so the uh, burst strategy is still doable pretty doable in Windsor um, for me yes I'm, I'm, I'm getting into that you know raising money from other people so right now like we are doing three flips on the go um, me and my partner you know started this to do more flips we are aiming to do like at least 12 to 20 flips next year so what we are doing is like instead of using our money um, we are giving opportunity for people who are like you know happy with, of having that passive passive income who love to just generate like 100% passive right so yeah. we are for all the three projects like we um offered 12% interest um annual payments for you know mm-hmm. passive investors so they are like super happy so far like all the three clients three clients who offered us who you know private lended on those deals they were like super happy so we are we are, we want to expand on that one um, and of course continue helping investor to buy and sell properties here in Windsor my team is like now crushing it uh, I have like three agents they're also like um, now also investor focused except one guy he's a first time home buyer focused so probably building that side as well yeah I mean it sounds it sounds like you've got a lot going on what's your what's your team look like is this all you like i mean in terms of your direct support i I don't mean your real estate team per se Mm -hmm. but but in your specific real estate flipping and property Mm -hmm. management operation and then as well as your day-to-day um you know how how does that look like for you Uh, i'm I'm heavy i'm heavy on leveraging uh because i believe in like you know uh if you try to be a jack of all you know either you burn yourself pretty quickly so at least i learned that pretty early in my career so uh, i have have a operations manager who takes care of all the operations on the sales side. I have a, my wife who is my listing coordinator who takes care of all the paperwork. Um, I have a ISA, you know, who is sitting in Filipino doing all the calls for our clients, you know, just make sure all the introduction calls and everything. And I have three agents who are like specialized in dealing with the buyers, um, helping investors and the first time home buyers. Um, and on the investing side, my partner flipping side my partner is actually gc he he has a company of you know doing the renovations so um so his role is to take care of all the renovations mm-hmm. um and uh, once the renovations are done once we you know rent them out we have a property management company um not me and my company it's i work with a, a local company that you know uh, who've been taking care of my properties pretty well so i work with them so i try to leverage yeah, uh, every piece is as possible. So, what are you doing on a daily basis then? Uh, I do a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> a lot of re- <laughs> a lot I love of it. Man. Yeah, that's that's something my favorite part. Uh, and of course, I do a lot. Still, I I help clients. I I take on um, investors. You know, a couple of them. I I I mostly focus on listings, like where um, seller side, because now I just need to be involved when and the negotiation process and all. Um, so still that side, like sales side, I'm still very active because that's major chunk of my, uh, income. So, and it's still like the team side is still growing. So I got to be more available there. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. It sounds like you've got yourself a, a really good setup. <laughs> Thank you. I, I like the I like the sounds of it. And and I, the consistent it's, theme it's, I, I see so much is people, everyone's delegating everyone like that. That's the key to, to bigger growth. Right. Um, and it's, it's a hard part, right? That's, that's yeah. a tough part. I, of course, uh, I'm still a lot of work in progress. Uh, it yeah. sounds like super nice, but it's a lot of work in progress, you know, training the new agents, training the t- uh, new employee coming in. So it's all, um, it, it, it's great once the systems, you know, yeah. uh, can run by themselves. So probably I would say my goal is for next year to have the team by run itself. So I don't need to sell per se. So you won't even just, be directly involved. Yeah. 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 That's a goal. So that way now I can focus on mm-hmm. just content and making sure right. you know, getting into bigger uh, projects like multifamilies there. Now I can focus on raising yeah. the money and finding the deals. You got to free like, up your so. time. Yeah. It's all about yeah, freeing yeah. up your time. Any, anything else you'd want to share with our listeners and viewers? Yeah, um, so one thing for sure, you know, especially if you're an immigrant, right? Like that's where I come from. Uh, if someone immigrants listening to this, if you think, you know, uh, afraid of situations that you're in or fear of unknown, here's the thing. Uh, I was scared to death when I purchased my first property. I was scared to death when I quit my job. Um, even now, like, you know, when I got my 17 year building, I was scared to death. Same thing. Um, but, you know, if you're scared, it's okay. It's a part of the process, but take actions. Uh, if you know subconsciously, like subconsciously, you know, this is the right thing to do. It, it's just the scare of unknown. Mm-hmm. Then you, you just do it anyways, because, you know, once you jump in, now you have no option to swim to the shore. Yeah, it's true. Right. Once you're in, what else are you going to do, yeah. but be successful. Once yeah. you buy that thing, you got to do something with it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sink or swim. I, I, I've applied that to myself and I find that it is very useful, although I can't recommend it because people can get themselves <laughs> into some serious hot water. But yeah, I do agree that, you know, sometimes a little fear is healthy, but you got to listen to it yeah. and, and understand it and then take action. So yeah, great, of course, yeah, you great know, point. of course you got to do your due diligence. Yeah. Do your due diligence. Side, of course. Yeah. Like, you know, without yeah. doing all those things, of course you mm-hmm. cannot jump in, but like, you know, yeah. after doing everything, you can still sense yourself the fear, right? Like when I got my 17 year building, like honestly, that night I couldn't sleep because mm-hmm. I, uh, it, it was a risk I'm taking in. It's, I didn't have money at that time for the deal. I was using my realtors, um, yeah. you know, the tax money and the, the money I have to pay for next year. But I was yeah. like, you know, doing all the math in my brain. Yeah. You know what? If I continue in the same yeah. direction, I can refinance from here and here and here. Yeah. There was risk. So you just need to now look at, okay, I can do this, this, this. If if this goes wrong, I can do this. I can do this. But still the fear is there, right? Like, so that's where I would say like jump in because now you know exactly if something goes wrong, you can take another action. If something that goes wrong, you can take another one. But if you don't take that first step, yep. you're not going anywhere. No, you're absolutely right. Um, okay. I really appreciate you sharing that with us. And if people wanted to follow you, where should we send them? Um, of course, uh, they can reach out on Instagram and uh, Facebook. Pretty active in there. It's my uh, full name, Aditya Kumar Soma. Okay. Thanks a lot for doing this, Aditya. And uh, we'll look. I'm, I'm glad we finally met and look forward yeah. to staying in touch. <laughs> for sure. Definitely. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks. I'll see you on the next one. Uh,